Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Harry, and as stated in the previous pre, uh, season preview episode, I will be recording uh, solely, uh, riding solely on my dolly uh, as a result of myself having moved uh, to the other side of the planet uh, to a completely different time zone uh, to, to that of Thomas, meaning that recording it together is somewhat difficult. So... Um, in today's episode, uh, again, it will be just my beautiful voice you'll be hearing from. Uh, before I get into the meat and the bones of today's episode, I have to set the house in order. I would describe my the beginning to my career as a solo podcast host as somewhat int- uh, as somewhat uh, as somewhat rocky, uh, where in which uh, in the first episode I made a few housekeeping mistakes, uh, which I would like to put right first and foremost. So, as I said, uh, me and Thomas had made a decision to have separate Twitter accounts, meaning that it would be easier for us to engage with you know our listeners and then ourselves with other podcasts and those within the Scottish brackets fantasy football uh, community. Um, I got the handles wrong. It's not SFFC, Harry and Thomas. It's at Harry, SFFC, and at Thomas, SFFC. So please give both of those counts a follow uh, and get involved with us if you're wanting some fantasy football or more generally, uh, Scottish Football Chat on Twitter. And as well, be sure to follow our, our our main Twitter account, which would be at sffantasy.com for updates with regards to when we're releasing episodes. Uh, but it's also what I would consider a somewhat useful tool for those who are new to the Scottish fantasy football game. Um, I would suggest having a look potentially... I mean, this is something I'm going to go into on today's episode... Um, spoiler alert, but we have, I like to think we've curated, as 104 accounts we're following, I think we, I like to think we have curated a good blend of accounts, a mixture between fan podcast accounts, um, stats accounts, sort of general Scottish football accounts, and fantasy football Scotland accounts, so a, a good blend of lo- for those who are looking to stay sort of engaged and and well informed with not just Scottish football but maybe more specifically you know accounts that would provide useful for anyone playing fantasy football uh, as Scotland or other versions of the Scottish fantasy football game Um, so as I said yes please give us a follow there that is the first uh, first item on the agenda when it comes to housekeeping the second one was I prematurely announced the releasing of a preview, uh, an interview series uh, on Thomas's behalf. However, I, I sort of got the days and the guests mixed up. So as it stands, by the time the game goes live on Saturday at, I think it's 11 GMT, but I'll have to double check that, um, we will have three interview episodes out. Um, each episode uh, and all seven interviews were conducted by Thomas and um, to be quite frank, he's done an absolutely cracking job. Um, the first one that went live, he spoke to... Let me hear. I can't believe I've forgotten this here now. Yes, I thought so. So he spoke to uh, Ewan from Talk Livy Podcast, which is an en- excellent uh, Livingston FC uh, a podcast. Very well-informed uh, host, so that's definitely well worth a listen. Uh, and he also interviewed... Um, 
jo- Josh McCafferty, who is a sort of budding sports journalist uh, and Celtic fan. Um, so he spoke to Thomas about what he expects to see from Celtic this season. Um, and I think this could provide particularly useful for fantasy football Scotland players as um, as I'll go on to discuss, old firm assets are uh, very important when it comes to success in the game, so certainly well worth a listen. And then an episode went live, I think it was yesterday. Um, yes. Um, where in which Thomas interviewed uh, at FFS underscore Donny, uh, who is one of the three that make up the uh, uh, half-hour fantasy uh, podcast. Um, he is a Rangers fan, uh, and he filled in Thomas uh, again a similar a similar mind. What to expect from Rangers this season, particularly with regards to their new signings, um, what their injured strikers might mean for their lineup, uh, and and again some advice knowledge on Rangers Football Club viewed through a lens of Fantasy Football Scotland, as well as. FFS underscore Donny. Um, Thomas interviewed FFS underscore Whiskey, who is a Fantasy Football Scotland account and St. Merrant fan. Uh, and Thomas spoke to him uh, to get the lowdown on all things St. Merrant. Um, listen out for a certain OOP player. I'm sure those who are listening are probably familiar of this out-of-position player already uh, because every single draft I've seen on Twitter thus far has him included, but nonetheless, well worth a listen, so do go check those out. And then finally, there will be one more coming uh, as far... Now, hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn. I, 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 I will ascertain this when I get a message from Thomas later on, call me out for, for getting this wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, today's uh, or, or the next interview series episode uh, will contain will be a sort of a bit of a bumper episode, I guess, with three guests. One of the hosts from the acclaimed uh, Red Tinted Glasses podcast. We have um, at Heart Stats on as well, very... Uh, an excellent uh, Hearts Analytics account. Again, much well worth a follow for anyone who's looking to play Fantasy Football Scotland this year or has a vested interest in Hearts or in just Scottish football and analytics. Uh, and then finally, we'll be having uh, Down the Slope on. Um, they're an excellent Hibs podcast. Um, I would like to say, at least most recently, most famous for interviews of Ron Gordon amid this sort of... Uh, issues and difficulties that Hibernian are facing right now. So three excellent guests um, that I'm very excited uh, that we have on. I'm sure Thomas is very excited to have on and watch this space. I'm sure that'll be it in the very near future. So now that everything, to me at least, seems to be in order, I will outline the talking points for today. So it's kind of been inspired from the point of view that I, this season, at least this pre-season, have found it difficult to stay connected with Scottish football and fantasy football Scotland. Now, the reasons for this would be um, probably uh, something to do with moving halfway across the world. I didn't yet have a place to live. I have, since I've gotten here, I've had food poisoning. I am just recovering from a cold. I have just moved into uh, my new flat. Um, So I haven't been able to devote as much time to it as I would usually. Um, however, what that has 
done is it's forced me to streamline my process when it comes to draft building. I'll be very honest, I think I've only made two or three drafts, which feels like it's helping me, if I'm going to be quite honest. I also haven't been listening to as many podcasts as I would usually, and I've not been as keen on being on Twitter as well. Um, So the goal of today's podcast is to sort of provide some advice um, for those building a fantasy football Scotland squad in the 2022-2023 game. And it sort of gives some advice uh, in the first instance to resources. Um, So I've broken these down into beginner, intermediate and advanced. So if you're a very casual player, just competing with, you know, colleagues and friends, you're not that invested, you know, for example, we have, you know, I have friends who are, say, a huge, huge hips fan, plays fantasy football Scotland for a bit of fun, but is not that invested in it. Um, I've got a list of resources for this type of player um, who I think would provide as a very useful crutch throughout the season. I've got an intermediate level as well. So, again, for those who are willing to devote, I would say the first tier I've called beginner, you could call it casual, um, someone who's looking to invest maybe 30 minutes or less per week on their Scottish fantasy football. Um, the intermediate, I would say someone who's looking to devote, you know, anywhere between one and f- one and three hours, and then advanced would be you're looking at five hours plus, I would reckon. Um, so something for everyone listening, uh, I would say. I'm then going to outline price points. So um, I remember when I first started playing the game, I think it was, it was two seasons ago now, um, I noticed the £60 million price, uh, not price, sorry, the £60 million budget. Uh, I thought that was a particularly strange number. And as a result, the player pricing points were a touch confusing. So I, had, I did this at the start of last season with Thomas, and I'm going to do it again here. I'm just going to detail out the different price points to, so that it's clear to players Uh, of the game, what category, those being enabler, budget, midpoint, and premium uh, players would fall into. Um, I am then going to go over a couple of squad building foundations. I've got four here, but if anything comes to mind as I'm waffling on, then uh, I'll add those to the list. Uh, I will then have a quick quickly talk about some old firm assets however what I would say is I would direct you towards Thomas's interviews with Josh and Donnie in this regard as those two gentlemen will be far more informed uh, than myself so as I said just give you some brief thoughts here and then I'm going to quickly go through each of the other 10 teams and give my sort of two cents with regards to what I think we should expect from them this season and maybe some picks as well Righty-ho then, let's get started. So as I said, I'll be outlining some useful resources for Fantasy Football Scotland players this season, um, with the first tier being beginner. What I would say um, this season is that despite the perceived negative reaction to the recent release of the game and the changes that have been made, um, the the Scottish Fantasy Football Scotland Twitter space, the community, is stronger than ever. Um, the sort of mission statement, as I mentioned previously, behind me and Thomas sort of starting the podcast, was to make this game more accessible for new users. Um, from an information perspective, the game has uh, 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 yeah access to information has never been 
the barrier to entry to this game has never been so low. Um, a couple of excellent have ca- accounts have crawled out of the wood, wood, uh, woodwork over the season to complement some of the mainstay accounts that already exist. Um, that being said, when it comes to f- Fantasy Football Scotland resources, no one will disagree with me here, I don't think. I don't think any Fantasy Football Scotland content creators will take this to heart. I'm sure they'll all be in agreement. The must-follow account, the must-follow account is at Sutty Show. He is essentially the uh, Twitter account responsible for uh, fixture tickers. And I actually have it in fr- up in front of me now, and I will be referring to it throughout this podcast. It's very, very detailed, so not only do you have all of the fixtures all the way up to game week 33, you have them uh, colour-coded uh, to indicate a difficulty of, or ease of fixture. And then it is also indicated which teams from which will we will receive team news in that game week. So if the team's name is highlighted in red, those teams we will understand their starting 11 before the you know uh, the teams are locked in again it's up to you whether or not you want to play that way if you want to wait for team news and then make transfers it's something i don't necessarily advise as a standard practice it definitely has its place but i would say i would avoid that but nonetheless it's useful to know maybe when you come comes to picking captaincy i would say more often than not that's you know certainly very useful but underneath the fixture ticker, he also has detailed um, potential fixture clashes, when teams are playing in Europe, when the League Cup and the Scottish Cup are on. And then as things update, as the season goes on, he um, will reflect things like double double game weeks and blank game weeks. Um, so as I said, at Sutty Show is, a, is an essential part of your, what would I call this? resource package and original gangster and uh, yeah can't say enough good things about at sati show the next two reasons i'm i'm really stripping this back i for the beginner i am detailing three resources the next two would be um at for fantasy sake underscore and at Scott Prem Fantasy. These are two accounts who are, as far as I'm aware, don't have podcasts, I may be mistaken, but they have been responsible for uh, the releasing of some excellent threads. You know, They have, in each of them, gone through each of the 12 teams, um, outlining uh, predicted lineups, what, you know, I can't remember in which direction, which account did which, but they've got, you know, predicted lineups, Preseason minutes. Um, so they they have made specific picks with regards to players from each team. Um, so both of those counts are well worth a follow. And if I'm to be quite honest, I'm finding myself in a position where I will likely be using these two accounts very much as a crutch uh, to set myself up for a, a strong start to the 2022-2023 fantasy football campaign. Now moving on to the intermediate tier, I guess I would call it, um, I have now started to include some podcasts. The only reason I haven't put podcasts in uh, the beginner is, 
as I said, some people really don't have time or, or just not interested enough uh, to devote you know, three hours to listening to, to podcasts as well as checking Twitter, as well as updating their team or numerous teams in this version, this year's version of the game. Um, so that's why I've put them there. And um, I have to say there are some excellent, excellent accounts. So we'll start with uh, excellent podcasts, sorry. So I'll start with the two originals. Um, Half Hour Fantasy Podcast is an absolutely excellent listen. All three of the hosts, those being at Fantasy Half, which is Peter, at FFS underscore Donny, which is Donny, and at FFS underscore Scout, which is Tom, they are... Um, all very well informed, all very well up to date, and um, really, you find that in this podcast they do drop wee gems, wee gems of it. Like last season for me, it was um, the the piece of advice I took from them that's like at least started me in good stead was um, Aberdeen had two starting fullbacks at priced at two point zero million, and for those of you that are for the uninitiated, that's nothing that's essentially you know starting 0.4 nay less 0.3.5 million fpl fullbacks for one of what should have been one of the better sides in the premier league i had been tossing and turning which one i was going to go for and they they made the very valid point why pick either just go with both um in the event that one doesn't start it will be swapped off of the bench or you could uh, put both on the bench, have your bench trick player and whichever one starts or whichever one does well will come off the bench. Um, so, you know, very knowledgeable and very insightful, not just of, of Scottish football, but of its applications to fantasy football Scotland. The next one as well is, uh, you know, a podcast that existed before 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 uh, the Scottish fantasy football community and our podcast here. Um, so our dues must be paid, respects must be paid. And that would be the at FitzBarPod. Um, again, they, in a similar vein to the half-hour fantasy podcast, they're just you know two pretty well-informed guys who have been known to drop some very useful uh, points of information. I think. Again, I think it was jumping on Ao Obelai. Um, they outlined him as you know a penalty-taking centre back, and they, you know that was a very fr- fruitful uh, fantasy football Scotland asset for a while. Um, they're also two great lads uh, with some good patter, so definitely worth a listen. Um, I would have to say I do recommend listening to our own podcast. I think without, I don't think it's being big-headed. I, I'd like to think that. If I'm recording my own podcast, I want people people to listen to it because I think it would be useful. And I do think in our case, uh, in this case, we, you know, myself and Thomas, we are very passionate about about Scottish football and about Scottish fantasy football, and we love creating content. Uh, you know, as you've seen from the preseason series, maybe didn't quite get off to the start that we had hoped, but ultimately, come the season starts, we'll have released five episodes. There will have been seven interviews undertaken, and from here on out, we'll be hoping to hit every game week like we did last season. I think coming into pre-season this year, we have all in our first year, we released 46 episodes. So, if anything, you can rely on us for uh, the consistent uh, output of content. Uh, and, and finally, before moving on to the advanced tier, if I was to do, maybe this is the best piece of advice I could give you. Um, myself and Thomas, we're in a, a group chat with a number of friends um, who play fantasy football in Scotland as well, three of which host their own podcast. Um, that would be at Hoofball Pod. 
um, hosted by Hamish Hsu and Ben. I almost forgot Ben's name there. That would have been very embarrassing. Um, yeah, biggest piece of advice was completely ignore this podcast. None of them have a clue what they're talking about. Um, they're a gaggle of geese uh, and uh, not too many good things to say about them. But jokes aside, they're all right, to be fair. Um, and uh, but particularly, Hamish seems to have stepped his game up between season 2021 20, and 21-22. So hopefully, maybe the three of them, the three of them together, or at least Hugh and Ben, can sort of uh, muster up some ability. You know, I feel sorry for Hamish, I guess, to a certain extent. It really does feel like he's dragging a lot of dead weight behind him. But hopefully, that changes this year. Anyways. Moving on to what I would describe as advanced here. This is someone who, like myself and like Thomas probably, um, is a bit of a fantasy football, a Scottish fantasy football and Scotland football nerd. Um, I have been known to listen to up, upwards of six team, like fan run or club run podcasts per week. Um, as well as listening to other fantasy football podcasts, as well as engaging in Twitter myself. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go through each team and indicate to you either a podcast or an analytics account or a fan account on Twitter, which I think is well worth a follow uh, and a listen if you are the sort of person that would like to commit that sort of time to the game or just would like to exp really, really, really expand your knowledge of the Scottish, uh, of, of the Scottish game. So I'll start off with... Um, Aberdeen, I think alphabetical sense makes most alphabetical order makes the most sense, and uh, uh, I would be remiss in shouting out any other, anyone other than uh, guests of the podcast uh, at uh, RTG underscore podcast. So that's the Twitter account for the Red Tinted Glasses podcast. Um, they are uh, a fan run account, and but that does have ties with the club. They last season did interviews with um, you know. Player of the season winner are uh, Ross McCrory, um, but they are you know, very, very, very knowledgeable on all things Aberdeen FC. And having listened to their content so far, they seem pretty optimistic about Aberdeen. They have had a rip roaring preseason, and um, if you're looking to uh, you know become a bit more knowledgeable, if you know the interview with Thomas was not enough, if you want to really expand your knowledge of Aberdeen FC, then it would be definitely the Red Tinted Glasses podcast I would be going to. Um, there are other very good podcasts out there and fan accounts for Aberdeen, but I have to say this is probably my favourite. Um, for Celtic then, uh, Josh, who Thomas interviewed, again, an absolutely excellent resource. He's a very enthusiastic and productive content creator. He consistently is writing articles. However, he's not so much from a Fantasy Football Scotland perspective. He does play the game, so he is knowledgeable in this regard. And uh, in the interview uh, with Thomas, dropped some some pointers, I guess, when it, especially when it comes to sort of expected starting lineup. So he's certainly well worth a follow. Uh, I also think when it comes to podcasts, the one that I listen to the most would be the Cynic podcast. Now, they have a whole Patreon and a paywall uh, to get to a lot of their content. But honestly, I think the, f the, the, the weekly Cynic, which is their free podcast available on all platforms, is more than sufficient. Um, so that's where I'd be going for Celtic. It would be Josh as well. A follow for Josh on Twitter at Josh, uh, Josh MCC underscore zero five. 
as well as tuning into the Cynic Weekly. For Dundee United, uh, for me, it's no close competition. It's at DC Analysis and no one else. Um, he puts out uh, excellent content in the form of data visuals and graphics on his Twitter account. He's very knowledgeable with, all, with regards to all things Dundee United and absolutely well worth a follow. In a similar vein, Hearts, my recommendation goes to, again, guest of the podcast, Heart Stats. Um, over and above being just a very sound lad, he is very knowledgeable of all things Hearts uh, and himself as well. Uh, is a Fantasy Football Scotland player. He, In fact, not only did he play the Fantasy Football Scotland version, I'm, when I last spoke to him about the SPFL version, he was in the race to win. Um, so a very good Fantasy Football Scotland player, a very good content creator when it comes to um, Hearts data analytics and absolutely well worth a follow. Now for the other side of uh, Edinburgh, um, for Hibernian, I would have to say, again, guest of the podcast. As you can tell here, there's probably a bit of bias going on. Um, you know, I am, me and Thomas, or Thomas at least, and Scottish fantasy football community more generally, have been very privileged to have some excellent guests on over the past two weeks or the past week or so. Uh, and Down the Slope certainly falls into, into this category. They are a group of lads who are very knowledgeable of, of, of Hibernian FC and um, I maybe don't necessarily go to them quite as much for data and analytics and predicted lineups and such like. But my goodness me, the interviews that they have with Ron Gordon are eminently interesting. And this is maybe not even necessarily a Fantasy Football Scotland podcast, uh, you know, recommendation but for all things hips down the slope second to none and let's not let's not get this let's not let's get this twisted twisted the interview that thomas will have done will be very very useful when it comes to outlining picks from the hibernian side for fantasy football scotland moving on to kilmarnock this was a new one to me as they're uh, new to the league this season at least and you know over the last two seasons has been when i've been most engaged in this sort of scottish football twitter sphere um, I would have to say it's probably the one team in Ayrshire podcast. It's not necessarily one I have listened to too much, um, but I, by the looks of it, it's probably the most popular podcast. So it's one I certainly plan on tuning into this season, uh, and that's where I'll direct you as well. With regards to Livingston, again, another guest of the podcast. Um, it is at the official Talk Livingston podcast, or at Talk Livy uh, on Twitter, these guys, I, 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 I feel like I'm saying the same thing for every podcast. In the same way that Fantasy Football Scotland is mine and Thomas's passion, or it's the Half Hour Fantasy Football, or the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast guys, or the Fitbar Pod, or the Hoofball Pod guys' interests, you know, I, I like to think that between us all, maybe excluding Hoofball Pod, we are, you know, semi knowledgeable, semi to, semi to, you know, knowledgeable with regards to Fantasy Football Scotland. These guys, these like fan podcasts are unbe like uh, unbelievable depth of knowledge and i think talk, like living the, the talk livy one if i had to if i had to be honest they're probably of all I mean, this is no disrespect to any of our other guests I, I think they all run great podcasts the talk livy one is possibly my personal favorite i think they're great at least when it comes to a knowledge perspective some very very knowledgeable guys and um 
yeah, can't say enough good things about them. When it comes to Motherwell now, moving on, um, you've got at the Greg the Whale fan. I have to say, Motherwell seems to be a team where in which there is a a a, a dearth. I think it's re- referred to a dearth of content. Doesn't seem to be as many. Um, Greg the Whale fan is a Motherwell fan who produces analytics content, but maybe not necessarily for just Motherwell. Um, so if you have any suggestions in this regard, I would more than happily receive them. <coughs> oh, excuse me, that's the uh, air conditioning tickling the back of my throat. Um, Rangers, uh, for me, outside of Donny um, dropping his uh, Rangers knowledge on his own podcast, I think your best bet is uh, tuning into the at Rangers review and following at Joshua Barry on Twitter. Um, Joshua Barry in particular uh, is an excellent sort of data and analytics accounts, you know, pundit, I guess, kind of for for Rangers. And and I have to say, last season when uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst took over Rangers, it was actually his work that I relied upon almost entirely when discussing what... I thought a change in manager at Rangers would mean for the fantasy football Scotland assets. And this is not a brag on my part. I take no claim for this. I ended up being... Uh, yeah, I take none of the credit for this. I ended up being pretty on the money with a lot of things. Uh, and, and all of that is down to um, really just taking the work of Joshua Barry and funneling it down... Or, a fantasy football Scotland perspective. So I really suggest following the Rangers Review, which is the, the I guess it's Rangers' answer to the, the Cynic podcast or vice versa. It depends how you look at these things. And Joshua Barry is one of their contributors, probably my favourite. Moving on, Ross County. Uh, it's definitely at Staggy's view. That, again, doesn't seem to be too much content creation coming out of Ross County. However, Staggy's view do lead the way. They have a podcast, which is well worth a listen. As well as um, each of the three guys on there having their own Twitter accounts. Uh, and yeah, they too seem very optimistic about Ross County. Ross County came out, are coming off the back of what I would consider to be a pretty successful season, a top six finish. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do this season. If you're looking maybe for players to replace Regan Charles Cook and Hungbo in your teams from last season, then I'd go and listen to them and see what they have to say about their new attacking assets. This next recommendation probably, again, doesn't quite fall into Fantasy Football Scotland advice, but where I think maybe Talk Livy are one of the more, you know, the best informed podcasts out there, fan-run podcasts out there, the funniest has to be at Misery Hunters. It's not even close. These guys are absolutely hilarious. Uh, and as the sort of self-deprecating uh, podcast name suggests, um, oh, it's every week something hilarious. So Misery Hunters, if you're just looking for something a bit different, something maybe a little less dry to break it all up, um, absolutely you should be listening to the Misery Hunters podcast. And finally, this actually is... Uh, a, an account I tried to get onto the podcast, but you know things didn't just work out, and that's and that's the way you know that's how it goes sometimes. Um, but nonetheless, no sour grapes here. Um, I'm more than happy to recommend at Saint Analysis uh, for all things Saint Johnson, a really excellent analytics account on Twitter um, covering all things Saint Johnson. So 
that rounds out my list. I think that's pretty complete. Obviously, this is not the only accounts that you can follow. There is, particularly in the cases of the old firm, um, I know there's a number of podcasts for those two teams, as well as for Aberdeen, as well as for Hibs, for Hearts. Um, I know you've got the Dode Fox podcast for Dundee United. That's pretty good from what I've heard. Plenty of resources out there if you're really looking to get into the weeds. Right, so that rounds out the resources segment of this podcast. I, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to start focusing in on squad building. Uh, but to do that so that it's easy for folk to per- perceive um, what they're spending their money on or, or what price bracket uh, a player falls into, I'm going to detail exactly those price points now. So, qu- quickly with some definitions, I'm sure most of you will understand them okay. Uh, to me, they are somewhat self evident. Um, but as Thomas likes to remind me, nothing is, almost nothing is always obvious. There is always someone who, who doesn't quite understand or someone who's just new to the game quite potentially. So I'll go through them now. So enabler, as the name suggests, it's a very, very low budget, like a very, very low price player who enables you to uh, put funds into higher priced players. Um, in the case of the defenders, those are players valued at 2.3 million or less. Midfielders, 3.3 million or less. And for forwards, it's 4 million or less. Now, um, I think having had a cursory glance, in most teams, there are at least one enabler. Um, to my mind, if I was to pick, think of an example, I think maybe a Rocky Bushiri of Hibs, 2.3 million. Um, he would provide himself as an excellent example because it's not he's not an enabler just because he's cheap. He's cheap and he plays regularly. You know, you don't want to have funds sitting on the bench, especially if you're employing the bench trick tactic that are doing nothing for you. Um, the next one is budget. Again, it's a step up from enabler. It's someone who is likely to be playing all of the time, um, but again, falls on the lower, spe- lower end of the spectrum when it comes to pricing. Um, so for defenders, that would be 2.4 million to 2.8 million. Midfielders, it's 3.4 million to 4.5 million. And then for forwards, it's 4.1 million to 4.5 million. The midpoint price range, again, it does as it says on the tin. It is uh, somewhere in between your budget player and your premium player. Um, for defenders, those are 2.9 million to 3.5 million your 4.6 million to 5.5 million, uh, and then for your forwards, it's 4.6 million to 5.4 million. Uh, something I did find last season that in midfield, it seemed as though wasn't necessarily a, a real wealth of options in this price bracket. And now I'm having a look at this actually, I wonder if I've maybe set mid-priced for uh, midfielders as, as being a bit a bit too high because, from what I remember, I think. Huh, let me have a look here because I'm pretty sure midfielders have come down in price. Yeah, so Yota is five point eight million. If I was to repli- remove him, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, uh, maybe you're looking at 5.4 million and above this year. Um, you, you know, there's probably about 10 of those players on 5.4 million or above. Maybe Tom Lawrence I would include in there as well. 
I mean, I guess an argument could be made to dropping it down to five million, but I like to think. Yeah, I think five million seems to me at least pretty pretty mid range. Yeah, okay, I'm fine enough with that. Uh, so again, you're not going to have too many of these assets in your team. Um, maybe one in each position, you know, um, uh, you know defense, midfield, and forward. Uh, and then finally, your premium assets. Now, um, it's worth noting that I think in almost every position, well, all of the premium assets in midfield are old firm players. Let me have a quick look at the strikers. Let's have a look. So no, I'm going to have to replace him, not captain him. Um, yeah, so you've got Ramirez in there. You've got Lawrence Shankland. Uh, no, I guess there are about five or so options in the forwards who make up premium assets. Then I think in defenders, I'd be surprised if there was more than a handful. So premium for... So just, just to make clear, premium for defense, it's 3.6 million and above. For midfield, it's 5.6 million and above. I would amend that probably actually to 5.4. So let's say mid-price is 4.6 to 5.2. And then premium is 5.3. Yeah, I'm more comfortable with that. 5.3 million and above. And then for forwards, it's quite similar. It's 5.5 million and above. Yep, for premium, it's only old firm defenders by the looks of things. With the most expensive... Defender outside the old firm being Jack McKenzie. It's something I have. I really don't understand his pricing at three point three million, considering he did the square root of FA for the majority of last season. But then yes, your Charlie Mulgrew, your Stephen Kingsley, Declan Gallagher seems awful high at Saint Mirren at three point two million. Stephen O'Donnell at three point one million. Yeah, some strange pricing here, but the point stands. Uh, majority of your premium assets in all positions are your old firm, your old firm assets. Now, what is the use of detailing these price points? Um, it's maybe less relevant in Fantasy Football Scotland compared to Fantasy Premier League, where the jump between players in the first game week is about 5 million, whereas in the Fantasy Football Scotland version of the game, something it's really got going for it, it's easier to move between assets and you know tiers of players. They go up in increments of 0.1 and 0.2. However, it's worth sort of dividing your team up into slots saved for premium assets from you know for your budget assets etc if you need to example move from funds from one to the other you could do so quite easily the point here being i guess and this is probably my first squad building fundamental this applies maybe not specifically to fantasy football scotland and more generally to fantasy football do not spread your funds too thinly don't have a team full of your mid-price assets. You know the majority of the best captaincy picks each week are likely to be your premium assets. Um, so you're going to want to have you know a good four or five of those in your team. Uh, and, and if you're looking to, and if you want, you know, you don't want to be going without those players. You'll be left in the mud and very very quickly. Also, doing it this way, if you're looking to build value to premium assets, it's much easier to do so. You just do very simple, like a, a downgrade in one position, and either the next week or if you've saved the transfer, you upgrade in the other position. Um, so for, for those reasons, I think it's important to understand the price points and use them to your advantage in this manner.
Okay, so I guess that's probably my first squad building foundation. It's not the first, it's just a nice segue. But I would say the first squad building foundation, and for those who played Fantasy Football Scotland last year or the year before, um, you'll know this. And, and even for newbies, I'm not going to necessarily go into it too far. Um, the first player on your team sheet and who player who should be stuck there the entire season provided they don't get injured is a certain James Tavernier. Now you will have opened up the app, gone to defenders and seen an eye-wateringly expensive defender. Like, I think the most expensive in fantasy Premier League is about 7.5 mil if I'm not mistaken, maybe 8. Um, which is going to make up less than 10% of your budget. James Tavernier is 6.8 mil, a 6.8 million pound defender, so he comes in at, I think it's almost 12% of your overall budget, and let me get one thing straight. If you want any hope this season of doing well in any fashion, be it in the Mega League or competing with your colleagues or your friends, he must be in your team, and I'll briefly detail why. Sure, he's 6.8 million, but in a Rangers team, that dominates more or less every game outside of the old firm um, and maybe a couple of tricky fixtures along the way. He is essentially a right winger playing in defence. Not only is he essentially a right winger, uh, a right winger, he's a right winger that likes to get into the box and take shots. He takes set pieces and the cherry on top of this all Outside of the fact that you know he attacks the box, he takes shots, he's on set pieces, he's the captain, so he plays almost 90 minutes every game week, he's on penalties. He is a penalty-taking defender. He is, I think, it's two in a row for highest-scoring player in the game. He's essentially Trent Alexander-Arnold on steroids. He's a must-own. Just you're, you're, The way I view my team, I don't have a budget of 60 million. I have a budget of 60 million minus 6.8 for James Tavernier. Um, so, squad building foundation number one, James Tavernier. The next one, I would say, um, would actually be having a bench trick player. Certainly in the early going of the season, Preseason doesn't always translate exactly to what you uh, what happens throughout the regular season, um, so it's worth if you have any doubts about players starting or you've got players who are in particularly difficult fixtures, um, you can put those three on the bench and have a player in your starting eleven who you can guarantee will play no minutes and will be automatically subbed off, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, will be automatically subbed off, not for the first player on your bench, but the highest scoring player. So each week, you essentially enter yourself into a sort of tombola, I guess you would call it, a raffle for, instead of having three players you're hoping, one player you hope returns, you can hedge your bets a little bit here. Very useful, and I would say, and especially in the initial going, well worth using. Now, maybe when we start to get into double game weeks and fixture clashes, it's worth maybe moving away from a bench trick player, just because, you know, especially in the case of the old firm, you may have a de facto bench trick player just by nature of a player not starting and not getting minutes, or a player picking up an injury and not playing. Um, but I would definitely be starting with a bench trick player. Um, another f- Fantasy Football Scotland sort of Twitter account who I didn't give their dues, but is again another account certainly well worth a follow, uh, Kevil Fish uh, eighty nine on Twitter. 
he outlined a number of players who would be uh, good bench trick players as they had already been transferred away from the club but not been removed from the game, meaning they would be guaranteed to play. They have all now been removed from the game. So unfortunately, you have missed out on those red flags. However, it is worth still... Essentially, pull up the save, for example, the forward position, scroll all the way down to the bottom, look at the players there. I would suggest picking from a team like Kilmarnock or St. Mirren, teams that you're essentially unlikely to triple up on outside of... Yeah, as teams that you're unlikely to, to triple up on. Okay. Um, you would put those into your side, hope that they could get transferred away from your team, with the likelihood being that they don't play any minutes anyways. Um, when it comes to per preference, would I have a midfielder, a defender, or an attacker? People seem to go for a midfielder or defender by nature of the fact that there are five... Uh, you know, five defensive positions, five midfield positions, and only three forward positions. But what I've found over the past two seasons, it's the defenders and midfielders that do the majority of the scoring, and there's less value to be had in the forward position. So I would be more comfortable, in my personal view, having a bench trick player as a forward. Now, I'm not saying that's what you should go and do. You really have to make an assessment of your but like the players that you want to have in your team, what midfielders do you want, what forwards do you want, etc., etc. You know, where, the, where do you think the value is going to lie this season? Um, so I would probably recommend forward. Uh, but, yeah. So, talking of, I think I mentioned not teams you are likely unlikely to triple up on, Outside of the old firm, I would be very hesitant to triple up on any team, purely based on the fact that Scottish football teams can be somewhat unpredictable. I refer you to Hibs and Aberdeen of last season and potentially Hibs of this season. Now, Aberdeen and Hibs are two teams in the top five when it comes for revenue and, and expenditure and such like, um, but performed way below their station last season, uh, almost inexplicably. Well, not inexplicably, but yeah, really poor. And on top of that, so not only can they be somewhat unpredictable, teams can be very streaky. So... Um, Ross County, for example, had a pretty... Di I think there was no wins in the first 10 games and then became one of the best teams for the rest of the season. Hearts had a very, very strong start to the season. A couple of injuries. They then dropped points to the team that finished... got relegated last season, being Dundee FC, and the team that had to play in the relegation playoff, St. Johnson. Um, and you don't want to essentially hamstring yourself to a team that isn't necessarily going to be playing particularly well. So my advice would be, be very... I wouldn't say never, because I'm sure there will be opportunities or there will be positions where I fly in the face of this myself. You know, Aberdeen happen across a pair of, you know, an excellent double game week. And they're the only team with a double game week. I've got one or two Aberdeen assets. I'm not going to stop myself from bringing in a third. But as a general rule of thumb, I would not be tripling up on teams outside of the old firm. I would say Hearts are a team I could consider an exception to that. But again, considering this is their first season in Europe uh, in God knows how long, and it's only their second season in the Premiership uh, since they were promoted, um, I am being wary with Hearts this season. I want to see how the, la the land lies, how they do with the fixture, you know, the fixture schedule 
what effect does the fixture schedule have on their rotation, etc., etc. Okay, so that's me. What we've got fixture rotation. No, sorry, we've got James Tavernier. We've got bench trick player. We've got uh, don't triple up on teams outside the old farm. I would say there's a strong case for a set and forget goalkeeper. Last year that was Craig Gordon. It's unclear to me who it's going to be next season. But typically what you want is a blend of uh, a team that is like a keeper that is good enough in a defense that's good enough but still is allowed shots. Because what this means is, is that if you have a keeper who is you know good enough in a defense that is okay, his team will keep clean sheets, so he will be the beneficiary of clean sheet points as well as save points as well as bonus points. This was something that Craig Gordon, who ended up finishing the uh, top scoring goalkeeper last season, but yeah, he was very much the beneficiary of this. It's hard to say for me who that is going to be this season. I think there are a number of contenders, and at the moment, First and foremost, I think Craig Gordon's price at 3.3 million is enough to put me off him. I know as well, Hearts may have, may have endured or may be enduring some defensive casualties. I think Kingsley might be out injured. Suter has left on a tr free transfer for Rangers. So they might not be as good defensively as they were last season. I think Hart and McGregor, I wouldn't waste uh, old firm space on a goalkeeper. Joe Lewis, I don't imagine playing. Motherwell are a bit of a bin fire at the moment for those who haven't been following. Uh, Marshall at Hibs, I'm not sure. I'm worried that Livingston will be rotating their keepers and I think it seems to me that Fantasy Football Scotland think the same. They've priced last season's starter Stryek very closely to new signing George. So again, I would probably be staying away from them. Ross County were terrible defensively last season so I'm not too interested in their keepers. I think your options are probably one of the following. Carson of St. Mirren, Birigiti of Dundee United. Dundee United as well is an interesting one. Jack Ross, the new head coach, was a very good manager at Hibs, particularly from a defensive perspective. They were very solid defensively. And you have a number of good defenders at Dundee United already. So I like Birigiti as an option. Because I still think they're a side that will concede chances. Um, but I don't know so much about him as a player. He's a new transfer from the Australian League. St. Johnson, I'm kind of tentative to have any players from them. They were terrible last season and haven't looked particularly good in preseason. <coughs> Excuse me again. So it leads me to the conclusion that it's probably going to be Kyle Roos of Aberdeen at 2.4 million. Um, he is going to be my set-and-forget keeper, despite the fact that they start against uh, Celtic. I have a, you know, I think Aberdeen have kept four clean sheets in pre-season. Uh, at least all, they kept clean sheets in all the League Cup games, and uh, he started every single one of them, so I like him as a pick. But that's not to say he's the only option. I think there are... I mean, I wouldn't be... Yeah, Motherwell haven't played, didn't play well in the European ties versus Sligo. But of all of the teams outside of the old firm, they certainly have the kindest run of fixtures. So I'm not going to talk you down from that ledge. Um, if you like what you've seen from Ross County in preseason, ah, I would avoid Ross County. They face Hearts and Celtic in the first two game weeks. 
going for a Saint Marin keeper is not necessarily a bad idea. I don't think. I think Dundee United as well. Birigetti could be a very good option. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. And then if you're wanting to go for the tried and tested Gordon, again, I'm not going to fight you too hard on that one. But what I would be trying to do is setting and forgetting and only making a transfer in the keeper position when needs be. Okay, finally... I've mentioned this fact a number of times, talking about old farm assets, you know, them being the only team I would be tripled up on, two teams I would be tripled up on. Um, For me, it's self-evident. Celtic and Rangers are head and shoulders, head, shoulders, knees and toes above a good number of clubs in Scotland and certainly head and shoulder above all of of them um, when it comes to at least the fantasy football point scoring. You do have assets like... Lewis Ferguson from Aberdeen of last season, Regan Charles Cook from last season, uh, Craig Gordon from Hearts, uh, who else would I? Tony Watt from his time at Motherwell and at Dundee. They become valid options, definitely. That's not to say there aren't options outside the old farm. However, the players you are most likely to captain will be from these two sides. Other than when facing them each other, they are betting favourites, comfortable betting favourites to win each game that they play. And that's where you go for the go for go for your premium assets. My current draft has six old firm players: three defenders, two midfielders, and one attacker. I suggest having no less than four, no less than four old firm assets. So, Tav, you chalk out one, and then you pick your other three to five. Um, and I think. I would say that probably does it when it comes to sort of squad building advice. There's nothing that comes to me. I guess the rest of the advice I'd be giving is far more sort of general fantasy football advice. I'd be picking players that are likely to only play 90 minutes. I wouldn't be taking too many punts on transferred in players or teams that are new to the league. Uh, These kind of pointers, they all still stand. Um, so on the topic then of fantasy, oh, fantasy football, Scotland, sorry, on the topic of old firm assets, first of all, I would go ahead and listen to Thomas's interviews with both Donnie and with Josh. Um, those two gentlemen are far more knowledgeable uh, uh, in this regard than, than I would be. But I would like to give my two cents on, on assets heading into this, this season. So I'm going to start with Rangers. Um, as I said, Tav is absolutely locked. Um, don't even question it. Um, if the only reason you would not have Tav is if you were playing the game, I'd like to see how well I do if I played without Tav. It's uh, you're essentially hacking off ten percent of your points for the season by removing Tavernier from your team. Um, I think Cholak, Kolak, not quite sure how to pronounce his name exactly, is a lock as well. Now. Uh, in the episode with Donny, it appears that Rangers are having fitness issues with their strikers, meaning that Kolak is the best available centre forward for Rangers. Um, and at 5.5 million, a striker starting for the old firm is an absolute snip. Um, he's going to be getting plenty of opportunities. He will be, uh, you know, the sole focus for, not the sole focus, but a focus for Rangers attack and will likely be in the, he will be the player on the pitch most likely to score out of all 22 players. 
game week in, game week out until Morelos or Roof come back to fitness. Um, so for me, he is a lock as well. I And I'll be very, very honest. I know very little about Trollac. This is not necessarily... I have looked at Trollac and I outlined him as a good asset. I understand the output or that a centre forward at Rangers can have. And as a result, this knowledge combined with his price tag of 5.5 million... I'm bringing him in. I think the other standout option for um, for Rangers would probably be Tom Lawrence. Now, Tom Lawrence is a number 10, an attacking midfielder who appears to be an almost like-for-like like Arebo replacement who left in the summer for Southampton. Arebo was a very attacking number 10, quite often found himself playing off the shoulder of the striker. And I wouldn't be too surprised if we saw something similar from Tom Lawrence. I also understand he had a very good output in the championship with Derby. It was either five goals and 11 assists or vice versa, 11 goals and five assists in the league. So a player with proven output playing in one of the best teams in the league, likely to get minutes because don't have too much depth in that position. Another one I really like. From the Celtic perspective, oh, actually, sorry, before I move on, something else that's really handy about Rangers this season, at least in the beginning, for the first six game weeks, they are the first kickoff, or they are one of the first kickoffs, meaning every single week we will get their team news. Um, so that will be huge when it comes to captaincy decisions. Um, and leads me on to my next point, which is talking about Celtic. In the case of Celtic, I would be playing it much safer, as we only get team news for them on two occasions in the first six game weeks, one of which is the old firm in game week six. Um, I've yet, I'll be, I'll be quite frank, um, I haven't been following Celtic too much in pre-season. I'm going to have to go and give the segment uh, of the interview that Thomas did with Josh another listen just to you know make sure I'm fully informed. But based on my understanding of Celtic this season, uh, sorry, of, of previous seasons and having had a look at the recruitment over the summer, I think um, your best midfield option is is probably Yota. He can play on both sides, or he can play on both the left wing and the right wing. And is probably when it comes to ability, Celtic's best, if not one of their top three players. Um, so he probably won't start, you know, all six games, but I expect him to start f- five. Yeah, reservedly five. I also think Carmen Carter-Vickers in defence is a lock. I think he uh, he played every game since his arrival since he arrived last season. Celtic ended up being the high, having the highest number of clean sheets. He's expensive, but he's a clean sheet merchant. I would compare him to hmm, who would I compare him to? Maybe like a Virgil Van Dijk because he can get forward and score a goal every so often. Maybe not as prolific in the final third as Virgil Van Dijk, but just consistent clean sheets for the season throughout. The bonus point here or there as well. So that's your two. Um, those are the two players I think are most likely to start excluding Hart. And then your other options, your third would be in defence, Juranovic, the right back. He uh, takes penalties, um, plays more as a midfielder and is the preferred right back. It is worth mentioning he does receive competition from an Anthony Ralston who himself had a very good season last year. And it wouldn't surprise me if I saw those two rotating considering the fixture congestion and the number of fronts that Celtic will be competing on this season. In midfield, it's probably Turnbull is the safest option. 
when he's fit, he's massive when it comes to score. I think he ended up finishing in the top 10 or 15 fantasy football Scotland midfield scorers. Despite being injured for half the season, he is a midfielder that plays 40 passes per game accurately, more often than not. So you're getting your one point there. He regularly shoots and on target you know, frequently enough. So it wouldn't surprise me if he here, here and there got his one point for uh, three shots on target. So if you combine that with minutes and appearance points, so that's two, passes and clean sheets you know, most weeks, that's five points before he's done anything before he's put a ball in the back of the net or provided an assist. So he could be a real bonus points merchant provided he gets a run in the team. Hopefully he's come back fit this season and has recovered from his injuries. If, now, I would say the four, five, four options, you know, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Tavernier, Lawrence and Trollac are all pretty nailed on. They're pretty safe. If you wanted to take one punt, which is the maximum I would suggest when it came to old firm assets, it would probably be on O'Reilly. So he is another central midfielder. His attacking output is unbelievable. I think his expected goals per game last season was, I think it was 0.56. What I'm going to do is I'm going to refer to it as, not for fantasy's sake, it is simply... Oh, wait, no. Oh, Harry. Mind blank here. This is fantastic. Let me just quickly refer to my notes here. It would be... Scottish... That's it. There we go. So what's that? Scott... At Scott... Prem... Fantasy. So Scottish Premiership Fantasy Tips. I am going to refer to... Statistics from last season. Let's have a look. Let's find... Yeah, Matt O'Reilly's expected goals last season was 0.38, which is pretty high for uh, uh, a central midfielder. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, he could be an interesting pun. I would also say the same about Lee Alabada. Lee Alabada put up some insane numbers last year, 0.89 expected goals, and he underperformed that. My only worry about him was, especially towards the end of the season, we did see him getting rotated a little more. Um, so I think, Liel, yeah, I'd probably put Liel Abada in that category as, uh, of punt as well. But now now that James Forrest is back to fitness, maybe again, there's a rotation risk there. As I said, I'm not the expert in this regard. Please refer to the interview with Thomas and Josh. Finally, Kyogo Furuhashi, a ridiculous expected goal involvement of 0.91. Um, which sort of beggars belief. I think if he gets, he'll be top goal scorer next season if he is, uh, if he can get consistent minutes. But that's my only concern. He was fairly injury prone last season. Um, and in his absence, Georges Jakimak has performed very well. And you also have Dyson Meda who can play in a striker role as well. So I think it's 7.8 million for both him and for Gio Jakimakis. There is too much risk of rotation at 7.8 million and 7.4 million. Um, so the only reason I'd be having someone like Furuhashi um, in would purely be from a like a squad building funds allocation perspective, whereby if I don't include him in this first draft, building to him is going to be a bit of a headache. But I think at least in the initial going, it's I'm happy to go without him, I think. Okay, so that's me finished, I think, for now, talking about the old farm assets. As I said, 
four minimum, aim for six. Uh, go with the tried and tested, one punt at a maximum. So I'm now just going to quickly go through the other teams and kind of try and give you, again, I'm not the most knowledgeable in all of my teams. This is just purely going to, it's it's uh, my own perspective, I guess, um, and hopefully this will provide helpful. So start off with Aberdeen, who play uh, Celtic in the first game of the season. I currently have Roos in goals. I'm not going to get any points from him in the first game week, but I'll take that on the chin. I like Aberdeen going forward from then. They have a nice enough run of fixtures. If my memory serves me correctly, yes, they face St. Mary and then Motherwell at home and St. Johnston away, Livingston at home and Ross County away. All very winnable fixtures for Aberdeen, who have been performing well in pre-season. And I also think they'll do well defensively too. Jim Goodwin is, I think, to my mind, a defence-first manager. And I hope that Aberdeen... I could reasonably expect Aberdeen to keep some more clean sheets this season, at least, than they did last season. They've recruited well in defence, it looks like, and I'm happy to own a keeper like Roos. I also have Scales... Um, who is a 2.4 million starting centre-back. He won't be eligible to play in the first game week versus Celtic, but at 2.4 million, um, I'm, I'm quite happy to play him. I'm, I might even start him, use him as a sort of de facto bench trick player as well. Aberdeen have a number of good assets as well, I would say. I think you've got forwards there who are well worth considering, like your Ramirez's um, in midfield too. I think Vincente Bazawan looks like a real option, but I... For Aberdeen have not been a particularly high-scoring team over the last two seasons, and as a result, I prefer their defensive picks over uh, their offensive picks. What I'm going to do is live on air. I'm going to refer to some of the some of the uh, uh, resources that I have I've previously alluded to. Um, if I was to pick between Ramirez and Bazawan, considering well, in my for my personal position, position, I'll, t- I'll talk about this more in a second. I'll I'll be having Cholak in the first game of the season. I want Lawrence Shankland, and then I've got my bench trick player. So I would be going Bazawan over Ramirez. However, if you've got three strikers available, I would be going Ramirez over Bazawan as uh, Ramirez takes penalties, and I think he'll be getting uh, a bit more service this season than he did last. Um, so. I'm all for I'm all for having one or two Aberdeen players in in your in your in your first draft heading into the first game week, but no more. Um, and I'm swithering a little bit on scales. Moving on to Dundee United, a little bit of an unknown force. New manager, a reasonable amount of player turnover. Nothing, to my mind, at least nothing that's you know glaringly obvious again for me it, for them for, for, for Dundee United it would be the defensive picks um, based on the fact that they were a good defensive team last season uh, and they have a good defensive minded coach uh, you know steering the ship they also face Kilmarnock and Livingston in their first two games as well as St. Mary in game week four um, but they then do go on to have a fairly tricky run between game week three and game week seven. They play Hearts, Celtic, Hibs, who uh, it's tough to say how good they're going to be. They play Celtic, Hearts and Rangers in over a f- six game week period. But if I'd be stuck, again, absolutely no qualms of starting with a Dundee United defender. If I am to refer to the data, let's have a look at Scott Prem Fantasy. What have you had to say about Dundee United this season? So that's, I think it's a bit higher up here. 
scrolling, scrolling, scrolling to oh that's Motherwell. Skip past them. Dundee United. Hmm. Kieran Freeman is up there for expected goal involvements per ninety with zero point two. But I think Scottish Premiership Fantasy Tips has outlined Ryan Edwards as the best bet at 2.9 million um, because of his minutes and attacking threat. I would be somewhat inclined to agree, but I also think Charlie Mulgrew, just I think it's an extra 0.2 million, could be a very good option. Excellent set-piece taker, has been known to take penalties. I don't know if he will be, definitely. Um, he could be a shout. I think Mulgrew could be a good pick there too. Um D Dylan Levitt as well is actually another player um, who has come back to Dundee after his loan spell with them from, from Manchester United. He is a player who Dundee United fans seem to be particularly excited by, but didn't necessarily crop up on the expected data. So, again, less keen on him. I am a sort of stats-based manager when it comes to my player picks. Um, but I would say, again, Dundee United, especially seeing as they sort of head into a sticky run of fixtures, and I don't know much about them under Jack Ross or how they're going to fare, I wouldn't be having more than one, probably. Uh, and, and it would be a defensive asset at that. Hearts. Hearts is a tricky one. Hearts were excellent for Fantasy Football Scotland picks last season, but they, are, uh, they will be having midweek games for the foreseeable, I think they've got midweek games between game week two and game week three, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, so in game week three, they, they'll be playing their Europa League. Let's have a look. Yes. So they will have uh, games uh, in between game week three, four, five, and six. Uh, and Last season, Hearts were a team that you know rolled with a pretty light squad. They emphasized, they placed an emphasis on quality over quantity, and by and large, that worked for them. They got promoted last. I mean, it did work. They got promoted last season. They finished third, but when players started to drop, their performances do did quite sharply as well. Um, so that is my only major. That is my major concern with Hearts. They have a nice opening run of Ross County at home. Hibs, who they seem to get the better of, more often than not. Dundee United at home, and then after playing Celtic in game week four, it goes St. Johnson, Livingston, St. Mary and Motherwell. So a good run of fixtures for the opening eight for Hearts. You can sort of pick from anywhere. They have assets in any position on the field, but the one that's getting the most buzz this season is uh, Lawrence Shankland. He seems to be, he's their nailed starter, even when striker of last season, Boyce came onto the pitch in preseason. Lawrence Shankland didn't make way. Boyce played in the number 10 role and Shankland started at top. And I think in a team where you've got um, Barry Mackay, who I would say was one of the, if not the most creative player outside the old farm last season, alongside Forrest, who was probably the second most creative player outside the old farm as well as Boyce behind you. I think he's a striker that's going to be getting plenty of opportunities uh, and he's another player who I'm pretty confident will be romping into my, will be in my team as I romp into game week one. Uh, outside of Lawrence Shankland, I think you've got excellent options elsewhere. I think Barry McKay in midfield is another excellent, excellent one. He's a, I think he led the way on assists last season. Um, 
started to add goals to his game but again and at five million i think is a reasonable price however after your old firm assets and considering the, the sort of budget players that seem to be coming to the fore it's not not an option i just i'm preferring i'm going with one hearts asset heading into the start of the season because i want to see how they fare with the fixture congestion it would be Lawrence shankland followed by probably set and forget craig gordon and then barry mckay so moving on to hibernian uh I have Henderson and Bashiri in my team at the moment. Um, I think Henderson will stay because he's providing excellent value at 3 million, but Hibs have had a really bad start to the, the League Cup campaign. They entered at the group stage. Sorry, they exited at the group stage um, round, which is uh, unfortunate. Well, it's unfortunate, but it's not particularly promising as they were the only Premiership side in their group. Um, so to not qualify is pretty embarrassing, and things just don't look good. The team doesn't seem to have settled yet, so Hibs... You'd reasonably expect them to finish in the top six, but based on how last season went, I'm not completely confident. They play St. Johnston in the first game, which I think is a good one for them. Then Hearts at home, which is tough. Livingston away, which I think could be tough. Rangers at home, which is chalked that up as a loss, most likely. And then it fixtures are a bit kinder to them. But again, Hibs, I'm not too interested in anyone outside of Henderson and maybe a def cheap defender as it stands. Kelly, uh, I'm just going to move on from. They have just been promoted to the Premier League and they face Rangers and Celtic in game week two and game week three. Not to say that options can't, you know, there will be options that come from Kilmarnock, but I just want to see what can we expect from Kilmarnock. They're being managed by Derek McInnes, who again is a very defensive defence forward coach so maybe we can get some budget picks in defense you've got carol lafferty who's a bit of a fantasy football scotland cult hero um, in forward position so maybe if he can start you know tapping in the goals you know vintage poachers finishes then i definitely would consider bringing him back in but the time for the time being i'm not sold on kilmarnock livingston they've had a reasonable pre-season they lost their most creative asset in uh, Alan Forrest to Hearts. And they play Rangers in game week one, followed by a trip away to Dundee United at home to Hibs. Motherwell is a winnable fixture, definitely. Aberdeen away could be tough. Hearts at home could be tough. Celtic away is almost impossible. So a tough set of fixtures by my reckoning, meaning I may have Nicky Devlin in my team at the start of the season, but I'm... Again, I would probably refer you to Thomas's episode where he interviews Ewan from Talk Livy, uh, but I don't know what to make for Livingston. They got off to a very slow start last season and then became a very good team with very good fantasy football Scotland options, so I'm going to take that approach. I feel like they'll start slow, but I'm going to keep keeping my eye on them. Motherwell, um, when the fixtures got released, they are the team with the longest wait until they play an old firm side they don't play an old firm team until game week nine which is quite a while away um and the fixtures go st Mirren away st johnson at home aberdeen away livingston at home kelly away dundee united at home ross county away hearts at home which is a pretty good run but motherwell for 20 competitive games last season for a period of 20 competitive games in the second half of the season went without a win they were shocking they were terrible they played awful football they conceded goals they didn't score very many 
and they've had a pretty rocky start to the season as well. They have been papped out of European football already before the league has even started to Sligo. A team that Motherwell's own Colts side, their own youth side, beat four years ago. Um, if you're taking a punt on a Motherwell player, I get it, but I'm steering clear for the time being. If I'm looking at Motherwell assets, the ones that come to mind would probably be, I would say, maybe a, a goalkeeper in the hope that they churn out some, some clean sheets here and there. They've just been so bad. Like that's, the, that's the concern, really. Um, Van Veen up top, he was excellent last season. He's probably their best player when it comes to ability. He's, he, he, he'd be very good. Uh, yeah, Motherwell probably going to be avoiding. Probably going to be avoiding. Uh, so moving on, not not too many to go now. Uh, let's have a look. So we've done Motherwell, Ross County. So they actually ended up being Regan Charles Cook is stole the hearts of many a fantasy football Scotland manager. He went on an unbelievable scoring run and finished the season on joint top scorer, as far as I'm aware. Um, but has since moved on. Um, and uh, the same was true of Joseph Hungbo. He was excellent last season and came up with some important goals for Ross County and at times could be a good fantasy football Scotland asset. Um, he has also left as he was a loanee from Watford. And it appears that they have been replaced with wingers of a similar attacking prowess, it seems to me. The Ross County boys at Staggy's view are very, very hot on their new attacking assets. And I am seeing a few drafts of fantasy football Scotland players who I do respect with Ross County midfielders taking up some of their slots. It's just difficult for me to pin down exactly who is going to be starting for them. Um... So what one could do is have a couple of those options. So I think it would be Hawula, Olegbe, and Danda. Those are your three players. I think Hawula is an attacker, uh, whilst uh, Danda and Olegbe is uh, our midfielders. They're certainly on my watch list. I'm yet to decide if I'm going to be playing, going to be including them in my. In, in, in my game week one squad they do play hearts away then Celtic at home so what I think I and in the first two game weeks and then they play Rangers in game week five I might give it a little bit of time to sort of ascertain what team Ross County will be lining up with and where the value will be coming in that regard I think Ross County's playing style lends itself to fantasy football Scotland assets I think we will see high scoring wingers again from them I don't think we'll be seeing many clean sheets but who knows? Again, it's they've seen a lot of transfer activity this this this, this window, um, so the jury is somewhat out. Um, at Scott Prem Fantasy, his sort of synopsis of this situation is: there's a lot of rotation up front, which I think looks is likely to be the case. But they're all well priced, with the exception of Striker White, and is keeping an eye out for a budget enabler here. And I completely agree. That's kind of the process I will be undertaking, and hopefully I can get on a, a, a Regan Charles Cook-like train, nice and early as I did last season. 
Okay, last two teams, St. Mirren and St. Johnston. I have no particular interest in assets from either of these teams in the early goings. At least St. Mirren, uh, neither team have looked particularly convincing in pre-season. Um, St. Johnston had a shocking season last, last year. St. Mirren weren't too much better. St. Mirren do have a nice enough run of fixtures to start off the season. Motherwell at home, Aberdeen away. Followed by Ross County at home, Dundee United away, Hibs at home, St. Johnson away, Hearts at home. So they don't play an old firm side till game week eight. I'm just not convinced by them. They have yet to do anything well under Robinson. Um, so St. Mirren, I will be certainly avoiding for the time being. Off the top of my head, their assets... Tanzer provided a useful asset last year with two assists and four goals. I thought maybe we could see something out of him this season. Oh, and that reminds me. Um, I think this player as well is a lock in many people's teams based on the fact purely that he's playing out of position. It is £3.7 million midfielder Ayunga has been playing as a, stri- a lone striker in pre-season in the absence of Eamon Brophy and uh, Curtis Main. Um, so that's something... I feel like a £3.7 million starting out-of-position midfielder playing at striker is just worth a punt whether or not St. Mary are any good and they have reasonable fixtures to match. So that's probably where I would be going would be... Would be Midfield man Ayunga at 3.7 million. Outside of that, not particularly interested in St. Mirren, unfortunately. And St. Johnston, um, I've been following St. Analysis' uh, Twitter account pretty closely, and he seems very underwhelmed with how St. Johnston have been playing, they've been recruiting. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a binfire with the Saints so far. Not a binfire, it's not quite that bad. The signs are not exactly not exactly promising. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give myself a wee help in hand here and find uh, Scottish Premiership Fantasy Tips piece on uh, St. Johnson. Here we go. Lots of question marks in the forward positions. Yeah, that's probably true. It's also not a position I would consider investing in when it comes to St. Johnson. They scored, I think it was 22 or 23 goals in 38 games last season. Um, Pretty awful, to be quite honest. Their picks are more likely to come in defence. Parrish did look like he was going to be a very cheap, you know, 2.1 playing uh, goalkeeper, sorry, but they've recently recruited a new... New man between the sticks, so maybe not. Montgomery seems to be a, a player that people are quite keen on. He's a, a left back on loan from Celtic at St. Johnston, who is playing in a left wing back role, and one would reasonably assume will be providing a reasonable amount of creative ability on that left hand side. But again, n- no St. Johnston players in current draft, and I would probably advise the same of you all. So. Um, that about does it for me. I feel like I have gone on a little bit here. I'm going to quickly switch to the... Yeah, so we're at almost an hour and a half. Well done, Harry. Doing as I do best, just absolutely nattering on. But hopefully this has, provi- uh, this has provided you with you some use, irrespective of what level you are playing at. Um, as I said, please go and check out the interview episodes that Thomas has conducted. Um... They have been very good so far. 
not least because Thomas is an absolutely excellent interviewer in so much as he's you know the inverse to me he's quite a quiet it can be quite a quiet and reserved person I'm very extroverted in I like to jump down people's mouths and talk over the top of people but uh, there you go Harry something to work on um yeah, excellent interviewer and topped off with some uh, cracking guests who we're so thankful uh, uh, have um given given their time to us essentially um and hopefully that will provide some benefit to you um i do ask that you follow all the accounts that we've uh, named on here i'm sure i'm missing loads so if you're looking for fantasy football Sc- uh, scotland resources um i highly recommend you you simply after going to our account and giving it a follow at sffantasy.com just click on followers there's about 100 there it's not that many you get a really good timeline what's the word i'm trying to look here concentrated timeline a lot of very valuable and useful information i find which we will do our best to retweet for you by the way and as we come across new accounts we'll 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 give them their dues and we'll shout them out um so i guess to conclude follow us on at sffantasy.com um, follow myself and i'm going to make sure i get this right by double checking it and having it in front of me so it's follow myself at oh there's no letting me switch accounts how handy how handy let me switch accounts please oh okay it's not going to i'm just going to pull it off on my phone follow myself at harry sffc and follow thomas at thomas sffc and this will be the last time you'll be hearing from me at least in podcast form before the start of the season so best of luck to everyone um please show us your you know chuck your drafts up on twitter and tag us and we can review them help you with them maybe roast them if it's uh, any one of the three from the hoofball podcast looking for advice and uh until next time as i said best of luck